Hello there, and welcome back to the Joe HRG podcast, where I pretty much talk about whatever I want. Um, today I have with me here a teacher. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Um, it's um, it's me. I'm a teacher. Yes, she's a teacher. Uh, mm-hmm. This is Miss Odom, my English teacher. I'm also here. I also have a student in the background just here so today we're talking about politics and I want to preface this with all these things are like opinion based and should not be taken like to be actual facts because I don't I don't I don't I have time to really fact check everything <laughs> that's said um, plus this is just mainly a project right yes it's also a project for school that I'm turning into <coughs> content I'm doing two things at once. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I guess I should start with telling us a little bit more about yourself. Okay, just like generally? Like, like generally, All right. first. Cool, I teach English and uh, this is my 10th year teaching English and um, I grew up in a very small town and um, Columbia was very big to me when I was growing up, and then I moved here and it was even bigger, not really. Um, I went to the College of Charleston, which is great. I talk about it all the time, probably too much. And um, I enjoy teaching at Ben Lippin. It's fun, it's a lot of fun. And I like doing other things too, like cooking and cleaning, and, <laughs> and but not in like a misogynistic, old school, you know, not feminist way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I like art, and I like music, and I like other things like that too. I don't like taking people's phones, but I do take people's phones. Yes, that, that's that's school policy thing. Um, so now that we've kind of got that out, <laughs> I'm laughing at myself this whole time. Um, so you said you, you're sort of like from COC. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how did sort of COC's like campus life sort of impact what you thought of as like your political ideas? It's a great question. So, where I grew up, like everybody's conservative, you know? It's Uh a very, very tiny small town um, in South Carolina, and all of my friends, all of my, you know, both my parents, my whole family, um, my friends' parents, everybody is, you know, sort of like generationally conservative, politically. Um, That also sort of, in a lot of areas, goes hand in hand. People believe it should go hand in hand. with the evangelical church as well. Mm-hmm. So when I got to the College of Charleston, um, people had been sort of, you know, warning me leading up to going there, like, be careful, like, don't let them indoctrinate you with that liberal agenda and all this stuff. And um, I think it's a, it's a little bit insulting to tell an 18-year-old, you know, be careful, don't get indoctrinated. Why not just say, hey, listen, rest in what you believe to be true, rest in what you know to be true, and then think for yourself, ask questions, and live in critical thought. But um, when I got to the College of Charleston, the first friend that I made um, was a bisexual witch um, who was an atheist, obviously. <laughs> and um, she's still one of my very, very good friends. And I never would have made a friend like her, you know, at home in Manning. Um, and we have completely different belief systems. And she's really, honestly, she, like, she might be the first, like, quote-unquote liberal friend I had, too. Um, I guess you have to be if you're a witch, 
<laughs> no offense to the witches out there. Like we don't want to offend the witch community at all. We love them. <laughs> but it did it. I wouldn't say that I left CFC as a brand new person with a new political identity, but I did leave CFC as a person who um, thought more deeply, thought more critically, and um, listened to people without thinking immediately. Well, they're wrong. So I think it uh, it made me a better listener and a better thinker. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> also interesting that you <laughs> your friend was a witch. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that. Yeah, she's cool. That's something I never knew. <laughs> she runs an urban farm now with her uh, with her boyfriend, her partner. So yeah. Wow. They forage for mushrooms and do all kinds of cool stuff like that. She's also an artist, and she has a staff. That's cool. Like a like a like a, a wizard staff. That's cool. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I need my own wizard staff. <laughs> Just to have. Uh, well, I think she like draws power from it though, so you gotta oh, be careful there. Okay. Okay. Um. Oh. <clears throat> Like sort of which party do you affiliate? Yeah, what party do you affiliate with, and I guess more of why do sure. you affiliate with that? That's a very interesting question. So I'm a I'm a proud millennial, um, and <laughs> <laughs> um, we, as sort of a, a generational group, are starting to feel okay about departing from the idea of just a two party system. Um, it's really difficult to truly say, you know, I align myself with this one party because I agree with everything, um, or I align myself with this other party because I agree with everything. I have, um, you know, voted in what uh, one, two, three, four presidential elections. No, no, that's too many. How many? I don't know. I've I voted oh. in more than two presidential <laughs> elections by now. Um, so I voted in 08, I voted in 12, I voted in 16, and I voted in 20, so four, yeah. Um, uh, two of those I voted uh, Republican and two I voted Democrat. Um, so I don't think I align with either party. Um, I would say that on paper, if I filled out uh, my beliefs, um, and my ideals, I would probably look um, a little more left of moderate. Um, but if you asked me about, um, you know, like the truth about humanity and morality, I, I, you know, I don't believe that morality exists in humanity. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that would put me in an ethical sense a little more right of moderate. But I think um, generally, politically, I'm left of moderate. But I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm either one. Okay. Join us next week when me and Mr. Engstadt go over what morality is. <laughs> That's a good. Thank you for the content. <laughs> That's a good move, yes. Power play. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He would do it, too. Oh, yeah. Um, probably something else I want to go over is sort of your, I would belief say. Belief that voting and political involvement, political involvement matters. Mm. Yeah. Um, sort of. Okay. I wanted to go over sort of like your your. I don't want to say media consumption, but oh, like sure. like the way the way <laughs> you go through media, if you like fact check and or not, like what what's that process? Sure. Um, yeah, I love consuming media. Um, I do that for most <laughs> of my day. <laughs> and when I'm not consuming media, I'm thinking about how much I want to be consuming media. Um, yeah, I, I try my best um, to 
be as uh, as mainline and straight line as possible. But I, I have a lot of different sources that um, I rely upon to be um, as thorough as possible. My main source for news is the BBC. Um, don't mind me, I'm just here being pretentious. Um, I would probably say that my second main source for news is NPR. Um, and then I also um, like a couple of Christian outfits, one being um, Pour Over News. If you haven't checked them out, here's a shameless free plug for them. I just think they're cool. I don't work for them at all. Um, but Pour Over News is their, uh, is their thing. You can find them on Instagram and you get like quick little bites. And then I also really enjoy a podcast from the New York Times called The Daily. Um, you can find it on Spotify and it's just um, quick news of the day. It's every single morning. Um, you get a little update of what's going on in the world. So um, I like to look around at a lot of different things and as much as I can, um, I don't much care for, um, you know, for, for media with a lean. Mm -hmm. um, but I will check out, you know, maybe some like, uh, I, I look at Twitter a lot too for, <laughs> for news. So a lot of times I'll check Twitter for maybe like what, um, I don't know, I feel like I might get fired for this, but um, I, don't, uh -oh. I, don't, I, don't, I don't like conservative news outlets, I don't like conservative news pundits, and I don't like conservative news um, media in that way. I just don't like the rhetoric um, that most of the, those guys and ladies use. So I try to stay away from media with that lean especially, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> that's actually kind of interesting because it's like, because with me, getting news is like having to go between one mm -hmm. and the other, mm -hmm. like either both of extremes and try and find what's the same throughout. Yes, yes. Wh which you kind of taught through true crime. It's true, right? Yeah. Yes. It's all rhetoric. Mm -hmm. Either way, whatever they tell you, they want you to believe something. So you got to like... You always have to examine. And the difference between us is you're still learning that. Right. Right? Because you're, you know, you're getting into um, a time in your life where actually you're going to get to participate in these things. Right. I think the next topic we're going to talk about is political efficacy. Probably. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's a thing that you're starting to, you're still honing in on and still learning. But, you know, I'm 34 years old, so I've kind of been through this and I'm also trained in, in rhetoric. So mm -hmm. it's easier for me not to have to look at two extremes and compare. Right. Because my mind is trained. But you'll, I think you'll, you'll find that to be the case as well. And you'll find your lane. And the BBC's my lane. They don't have a stake in America. They don't care. Right. They're the world news. So that's the, you know, the most unbiased, I think, if you want just the news, the BBC. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what was it you said again about political efficacy? Person's belief that voting and political involvement matters. Oh, okay. So it's more like, okay, I think I get this. It's more of like, why do you think voting matters and should more people participate considering, I don't know, I, I don't know from, but from personal experience from like siblings, they've voted less and less. So, hmm. like, do you think more people should vote? I do, yeah, and um, I think though where people are lacking is in local elections. Um, you know, all we hear about all the time, we're inundated with media about world leaders, we're inundated with media about um, big picture politics, we're inundated with media about liberal and conservative, but um, that's not, you know, that's when people talk about voting to make a difference, that's not where you make a difference. Right. 
You do, obviously, but, of course you do. But in your community, that's where it's it's really really important. Especially, you know, I, I have a real problem with people who are um, very very loud about social issues, but they're not involved in their community. They're not involved in what's going on in their homeless population. They're not involved in what's going on um, with children who are underserved and under-resourced. They're not involved in what's going on um, with you know, uh, veterans affairs. They're not involved in what's going on with battered women. They're not involved with what's going on um, with uh, you know, like stray animals. All these things are so important. Their community is the last priority for them and they, um, they just wanna be loud in an echo chamber. So I think as far as political efficacy goes, if you're the kind of person, if you're the kind of voter who only votes in major elections, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're the kind of voter who only votes in major elections, but then makes a big stink about how much you hate like X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. but you're not voting in local elections, right. then you're problematic. Okay. So that's it. <laughs> that's, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, actually a few years back after like a cross country meet or practice, I went with my dad to, because the, they were doing like a mayoral mm -hmm. election um, through like the town of Blythewood, mm -hmm. and like I had to like sit through it, and I I felt like really weird because I was the only young person there. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like city council elections, those are important. Right. Elections for sheriff, those are important. Right. Um, what's really cool is seeing you know like real historical things happen in your community because you go out and vote. Um, in Richland County in the city of Columbia, um, the coroner who was elected in January of 2020, I think, um, maybe, yeah, sure, I don't know, the, the last coroner who was elected, whatever, um, her name's Nada Rutherford, and um, Nada is a small business owner here in Columbia. She's also, this. please, I'm gonna get this wrong, she's either a nurse practitioner or a physician's assistant. Okay. So she's either an NP or a PA, I'm not sure which. Um, but she is, she, she ran for coroner against this guy who's been coroner for something like 25 years. And she won. So she hmm. is the first black woman to become a, an elected like official in that capacity um, in the city of Columbia ever. Oh. And, you know, she's a hustler. She's incredible. Like, she goes after it, and she's really, really influential in our community. And um, she does good works for all kinds of people. Um, she was homeless at one point in her life, so she's really involved with helping homeless teen girls, which is a huge – our city of Columbia, if you're not yes. from here, the homeless population is substantial. And the problem is um, we don't have a lot of aid for them. Right. So um, – Voting in an election like that, you know, even on this local level, is historical. It's cool, um, and it's neat to see like new blood get into these offices instead of these guys who've been there for however long. And it's not like the coroner is, you know, some like power player <laughs> or anything <laughs> like that. But it's really cool to see um, the history of, you know, what's going on in your community and who's actually able to sit at a table of influence who's allowed, quote unquote, I just did air quotes, who's allowed to sit at the table of influence. But we've got right. to do that. We've got to be participating. If we want to be eff effective in voting, we vote in local elections too. Okay. So it's a, it's a full-on particip participation. I almost lost my English. <laughs> I do have that sometimes. 
I, I just can't speak English sometimes. I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe it's from... Your brain thinks farther ahead than your mouth does. Yeah, that's, that's, it, that's it. That's <laughs> it. I asked a little bit about... This is, this is the only brainstorm question. Oh, oh, I haven't, I, I remember one specifically. Um, how, I guess, you were talking a little bit more about the evangelical bit mm -hmm. a little bit, mm -hmm. but how has that sort of religion influenced the political ideology that you have? Hmm. Um, there's a tension that I um, always live in with, uh, with political influence and the crossover of um, my belief in, in the Lord and in the sanctification of, you know, of humanity through, through Christ. Um, but I there's a senator in Louisiana whom I really, really appreciate, um, and her name, I don't remember her first name, but her, she sent, her name's Senator Jackson. You can look her up. Like she <laughs> she's a senator from Louisiana. Um, and she is, uh, she identifies um, Democrat, she's a Democratic senator, um, but she identifies herself as a, um, as a pro-whole life Democrat. And um, I think that's kind of the thing, right? That's the thing that we are not supposed to talk about if we're in the evangelical church. Like if I lean a little bit left, then that must mean that I'm like, oh, go abortions. Right. Um, but that's so silly to believe, you know what I mean? Um, so I like the idea of, you know, I love the idea of pro-life. I am pro-life, but I'm pro-all life, pro-womb to tomb life. That includes, you know, um, unborn children. That includes homeless children. That includes battered children. That includes um, prisoners, inmates. That includes homeless men. That includes um, men on, and women on death row. That includes everyone. Um, that includes the elderly who are abused. That includes people who don't look like that they are um, helpful to society in some way. So I think we, you know, if, if the evangelical church wants to get their hands all up in the political pie, then I think their main line then is, is the pro-life issue. Um, they need to re-examine pro-life. So it's sort of like you shouldn't, they shouldn't lean one specific way. They should like, I don't know, look towards what, I want to say commonalities. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. Are in between. Yes. Well, and I think that they, because there's a lot of, one of the issues that a lot of like, um, a lot of people have, especially people who, you know, were raised so hardline conservative, is once you start getting out and thinking, you get out from under your parents' house, and of course, when you're in your parents' house, they teach you. They, they give you um, information on what we believe in this house. They give you information on what they believe, because they're parents. That's what they do. That's their job. Right. But when you get out and you start asking questions and thinking for yourself, you start to see things that are not so black and white. It's, you know, well, I, I know this is true, but what about this? Um, and so one of the things that I remember really struggling with and praying through and asking the Lord about was, okay, Lord, I'm supposed to be pro-life, but there's nobody in the church there, that I've met, there's nobody in conservative politics that I've seen or reached or uh, researched who says, okay, we are, we are pro-life, so that means we want an absolute no to any abortion, anything, right? Right. But there are no social programs for young unmarried mothers who have these children. So what happens to the babies when they're born? What happens to the mothers after these babies are born? Um, th their lives too. So where's the pro-life stance for them? 
um, it seems to stop at a certain point. And that's one of the things I have a real problem with. And I think if the church wants to get involved, the church needs to make sure that it's playing its whole part. Okay. And that's only one small thing, right? There right. are other things, too, that are not just about abortion. <laughs> <laughs> um, am I allowed to ask that? Sure. Okay. <laughs> this, this is completely opinion-based. Okay. But what's your opinion on the death penalty? Um, so I am, uh, I have a very complicated relationship with um, what I think about the death penalty because I, I am pro-life. Um, right. And that includes men, women, grown, whatever, don't mm-hmm. care. Um, so I, I would say in general, I am um, opposed to capital punishment. I'm opposed to the death penalty. Um, but I look at someone like, um, you know, let's take, for example, uh, Dylan Roof, who shot, um, you know, the, the nine churchgoers at Emanuel AME, Mother right. Emanuel in Charleston. Um, that's an open and shut case where you have video evidence, witnesses, and a statement of affirmation from the guy who did it, right? Right. So there's no danger of punishing the wrong person, mm-hmm. right? But um, the statistics on innocent men and women rotting away in prison for decades, some on death row, some who, ta- who are taken all the way to the death chamber and executed, um, is pretty staggering. And I think that's one of those things that we don't want to like get wrong, do we? You know? It's tough. Right. It's tough. So I'm on I I have a I have a complicated relationship with it because right. in a lot of ways I think, you know, yeah, this dude did it, like let's get rid of him. But mm-hmm. in other ways I think, well I I say I'm pro life. But then So like, yeah. Right. How real am I? Right. Um I should probably finish. Yep. We should probably finish this up. Wrap it up. <laughs> we all have to go to class in we, three minutes. <laughs> we all have class. <laughs> um, so thank you for being on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I hope. I hope to have more people on. Yeah. I, I'd really like to expand the podcast more, um, in in terms of just having people on because I'm really tired of saying it by myself. <laughs> uh, because that 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 one where I talked about. I think art by myself was really, really boring. I was going to have someone with me, but they canceled on me the last second. Ugh, so, flaky. Uh, yeah. Well, well, thanks, Joe. It was great. You're a very professional interviewer. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and yes, there's, we there's have, Matt. We have a Matt here. All the ambient noise you heard in the background was Matt. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, anyway, have a good morning, a good evening, and a good night. Stay safe. Goodbye.